Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back for the fifth Sunday of Lent for the week of April 7th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I am excited at we are continuing to proceed through Lent, and we're able to continue to deal with some of these difficult texts and figure out how we relate faith and science together, and I hope that you're having some springtime fever as you're seeing the world here in the northern hemisphere slowly starting to warm up after a cold winter. I know for me that I am. I was excited that this week I heard some red-winged blackbirds, and I know that that means that spring is coming. So, before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Since I am not an ordained minister... I use Working Preacher because their commentaries, their discussions, their podcasts help me get some direction on where I'm going each week, especially their Sermon Brainways podcast with Caroline Lewis, Ralph Jacobson, and Matt Skinner. It gives me, as someone who is a layperson, some insight on how I should approach these texts. Also, if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. I think there's some really deep discussions that are going on there, and I think that's worth the time to take a look and check that out. And before we get into this week, I figure let's kind of conclude where we left off last week. The question of the week last week was, where are you being narcissistic when you need to be more community-oriented, more open, or more willing and able to work together? And I think it's just a problem on where we have gone. I think especially with marketing being more and more about the self and talking about making yourself feel good, comparing that to where if you look at after World War II here in the United States, that you were able to have this community-oriented kind of drive, that we were coming out of World War II, the only way to make it work was to work together, and we still kind of had that mentality to a point coming out of that. And I think, sadly, we have lost a lot of that. It's not necessarily that we all need to be perfectly working together on everything, but I feel like we've gotten to the point where we don't work together enough on things and try doing it our own way, our own rogue way, and I think that ends up hurting us in the long run in a major way. So, when we get into this week's text, remember that last week we are dealing with the prodigal son. We are dealing with The father who has two sons, the one runs away and then comes back. And then you have the other son who is upset about this. And I think it's really an interesting text to kind of compare and contrast these two weeks. So the gospel text this week is out of John chapter 12 verses 1 through 8. And again, now this week we are in John, so there is a bit of a transition here, but they're in the house of Lazarus, who Jesus has already raised at this point before the Passover. And Mary takes a very costly perfume and anoints Jesus's feet and wipes his feet then with her hair which then that fragrance of the perfume just filled the home. Judas the Iscariot, so the one who will betray Jesus, kind of asks why didn't they sell this perfume for 300 denarii and give it to the poor. 
the author possibly of John here gives us insight that that he was a common purse, the money holder, and wasn't thinking purely for the pure thoughts of that. He was hoping to possibly pocket some. And 300 denarii, just to give you some reference, as I picked up from Caroline Lewis this week, is roughly $19,000. So it's a significant amount of cash. And Jesus gives a very interesting answer. Coming from verse 7, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Which is an interesting quote. Because I think it gives this perspective that we don't typically get of Jesus. It's almost an egotistical type of Jesus and kind of slaps in the face of what the Twitter question of the week was last week. And I think there's something really interesting there that I want to bring up a little bit more here. And the other readings this week, I think, help set up the gospel extremely well. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. And this is, again, remembering how Jesus has provided for us and makes things new. That he's able to take the unclean and make it clean. It's also, I would assume, the only verse in scripture where you're talking about ostriches. So if you're wanting to use that There it is, the ostrich reference in verse 20. But yes, he's taking these unclean animals and able to make them new, like where we are able to see how Christ is able to enter our lives and make us new. The psalm this week is Psalm 126. And again, it's this restoration type of text here that the Lord will be there and he will provide in these times where we might be crying or weeping at where are you and that he will provide so that we are having shouts of joy and tears of joy instead of sorrow. The second reading is from Philippians chapter 3 verses 4b through 14 and this again I think is a really important text. And I would spend a little bit of time really thinking about this. So to start this text, Paul lists off all these different titles that he can have, that he is part of the tribe of Israel, that he is of the tribe specifically of Benjamin, of the Hebrew people. He's he's a Pharisee. He's been a persecutor of the church. He's, he's done all these different things, but they don't matter. They don't matter to him if it means separating him from the relationship that he has with Christ Jesus. And just because he's not there in flesh right now doesn't mean that he can't still continue this relationship. So these titles and different things can get in the way of his relationship with Christ. And if that is the case then I have to just throw them aside. I regard them as rubble coming from verse 8, which, again, then it's putting aside all these different human-oriented things. And that through that, he would rather work to figure out how to bring all these things together of his relationship with God, that he is pressing for whatever Christ has for him, not 
containing himself to whatever the world thinks he should be. It's a very powerful verse. And I'll even pick this up because I feel like we have to to read some of this to really get the intent. So I'll pick it up in verse 8. More than that, I regard everything as a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but from the one through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and have the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in death. If somehow I may obtain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward for what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a lot there. There's a lot of power in those words. And now I want to reference back to what Jesus says starting in verse 7 in the gospel text. Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. When I look at this text, and I thought about a lot of different things, I thought about talking and looking at feet and the importance of feet, but decided against that and decided to focus in on that section on the second half of the gospel text, but you do not always have me. And when you tie that in with what Paul is discussing in Philippians of getting rid of all these things that are human constraints that are pushing us to make it hard for us to have this relationship with Christ, that that's not worth it. I suddenly had a light bulb moment and I was really almost ashamed of myself that I hadn't seen it before. I'm going to propose that this is an environment text. And the reason that I say that is if we are so in love with Christ and so want to do the mission that God has called us to be and to do, the one gift that we can physically see every single day that has been given to us is this planet. And in case you have missed it. There have been plenty of studies, and I'll attach some below, on how right now there's a lot of concern within the science community on whether this development and what we're doing to the planet is sustainable for the planet. And when, for me, that makes it so frustrating is a lot of times when you start talking about this, and for me seeing this as a gift of God given to all of us, the plants, the animals, they're all gifts from God for us to admire and to look at and to consider. We realize that we're not doing a good job. 
and when we talk about the process of what it is going to take to fix this, money comes up more often than not, along with that it means that we're going to have to make difficult lifestyle changes, vast lifestyle changes that didn't used to always be this way, but it's that we've decided that that's okay. We have taken these things for granted. I know last summer I was out with a friend of mine and we were doing some bird surveys in a spot where there should have been plenty of birds and we were there in June when, if you don't know the Northern Hemisphere neotropical bird migration and how they work, June is their hot time. It's their time that they should be singing to their heart's content. Their testosterone should be through the roof. And yet it was remarkably quiet. And I know for me, that was a time of year 10 years ago that I was excited about because of the amount and plethora of not only birds, but different species of birds that would have been in a habitat like that. And I remember discussing with this person distinctly about birds that he had noticed in doing that as a major part of his work that he hadn't seen in a while. And when we're talking a while, we're talking multiple years that just haven't seen them in the near abundances that we used to. How often are we needing to hear about the number of extinctions that we're having? And I know I talked about this a couple weeks back. And again, I'll recommend in looking at an extinction calendar, thinking about those and how you may or may not know these species of creatures and remembering that these are gifts from God that have been given to us. And we are told to take care of this place. We were told to name this place. And I would argue the reason that we get to name this place is so we care about this place, looking at Genesis 2. But if that's the case, how well are we actually doing? For me, when I start reading that second half of verse 8, the poor will always be with you, but you will not always have me. You will not always have me. If he's holding earth and holding the spears and is among the spears, Does that mean with us destroying the earth, we're destroying part of our relationship with God? And is this not the thing that Paul is talking about in Philippians? That we're letting the flesh consume us? That the Lord has provided for us in so many ways, looking back to Isaiah and the Psalms, but yet in this case, we're becoming so consumed with the self that we are letting go of the relationship that we might be having with Christ for what? For our own gain? What is the cost that we're putting forth in our own agenda? And the thing is, is that when we make these decisions, they don't affect all of us the same. There are plenty of statistics showing that the decisions that we're making, as most of you listening to this, are probably in a position where you are somewhat stable in your life. You're comfortable. The people who are affected more than us in the comfortable situation are those who don't have a comfortable living situation. Maybe they're living on the streets. Maybe they're living in a war-torn country. Maybe they're living in these areas that there just isn't a ton of cash flow and the temperature keeps getting hotter or the waters keep rising or there isn't water. 
It's not fair to them. And it's not saying that God is always fair. But if we're taking care of this place, you would think that we care about our brothers and sisters as Christ told us to care. And suddenly we don't. And when I say brothers and sisters, I am not just talking about homo sapiens or people. I'm talking about our brothers and sisters of the planet. Because I would think as you have listened to this podcast, especially if you've listened for a while, there is a lot to be learned from the environment in which we're in. This beautiful place called Earth, this little blue marble that there are so many things that the creation that God has still echoes his praise and it has lots of things to teach us about God. And if we're desiring this relationship so deeply, what are we willing to give up? Are we able to give up all these titles that we assume to be so important? Because that's what Paul's doing here. He's putting aside the biggest titles in his life. The ones that we love categorizing people in. Homeowner. Landowner. Car owner. Profession. Education level. He's all counting that as a loss if it's taking him away from Christ. Most of us know and have seen the effects of things that are going on in the environment and know that there's things that need to be done, but we always cast it on the other, myself included. And yet, we shouldn't be. We know better. We can do better. We're all reaching and trying to figure out how this all works. And the question is, when you're looking at these things, is there isn't a lot of time And the thing that we have to also understand is this isn't like Amazon and two-day delivery. That if we make a change today, we might not see the fruit of that change. And we have to be okay with that because it's going to take some time. I know this is a kind of a downer episode, but I think for me at least, I know how important the world is for me to communicate and be able to talk with God. I know for me, there's a lot of times that that's how I can find God. I can see him in the rustling of the leaves and the wind moving and the birds moving and flying and and singing praise, the trees reaching toward the sun. I see it. And for me, when I look at some of the different brothers and sisters that are not of the humankind, and I see the suffering, the pain, the anguish, and I realize they are my brothers and sisters. I realize and see that they're God's creation too. That if God has such a powerful relationship with me, God's got to be doing something with them. And I don't know what that means. I can't get inside the head of a whale or a squirrel or a chipmunk or a, a redwood tree. But I can see their pain. And for me, it's a point where that's hard enough. Christ not only died for the sin for you and me, but he died so that we can have a relationship with God and then said, oh, by the way, here's a place to live. Because he originally gave that to us. And that original sin caused the separation and he didn't want his separation between his creation and us. And yet we are now choosing to separate ourselves away from this creation. 
So the Twitter question of the week this week is not going to be as much of a question, but more of a promise to me. Go and do something outside. And the Twitter question of the week will be, what did you do? Go and spend some time in that creation of, in a way that you are understanding and appreciating the gift that God gave you freely. Free to you, not free to him. I want to be able to celebrate and see God in that. And I don't want to get to the point where I'm mourning the loss of God and that I no longer can see him and his fingerprints around us. Make sure to look and see and find where God is moving in the world outside your walls today. Get out where there is no walls. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>